This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Eric Smith, and today I'm with David Burstyn, who is a author, a thinker, a uh, what else? How would you describe yourself? Filmmaker, storyteller, and, and as someone uh, recently said to me, I try and explain old, uh, young people to old people. Ah, okay. <laughs> you write, have written and spoken extensively on the millennials, as they're called. That's right. But uh, there may be some people out there who don't actually know what that means. Right. Can you just explain for... Yeah, so millennials are people who are today between the ages of about 20 and uh, 33. It's the largest generation in history. There are 2.5 billion people in this generation globally. Uh, and it's really sort of a generation that's been the first and only generation to come of age straddling the line between the digital and the pre-digital world. So we were born without uh, Facebook, without smartphones, but we understand how to use those things seamlessly. So we know what the old world was like, but we also understand how to solve problems in the new world. It really makes us a unique generation and I think a generation uniquely positioned to make change in this new digital fast future that we're living in. Interesting. Okay, so you said 20 to 33? Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, I'm just outside of that uh, target demographic. It's okay. You can be an honorary millennial. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay, well, you know, the baby boomers was the last generation that has been talked and and researched extensively over and... And they've gotten some pretty bad press, you know. Uh, they've been called selfish, and there's been, you know, it's been it's been popular to rag on them essentially for a while now. But it seems to me, from what I've been reading over the past couple of years, that the millennials are the new generation that people like to rag on. I've got a, a collection of, uh, of of words that they describe them as: narcissistic, demanding, lazy, whiny, impatient, worst employees ever. I'm assuming you disagree. (laughs) Yes, I do disagree. I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting you bring up the baby boomers because uh, they actually were given all those same uh, labels uh, that that millennials are given today. Uh, And and we really look at generations this way. I mean, a generation is a construct. We create generations to help us better understand the world. And I think that this generation is suffering from, uh, in a lot of ways, a misunderstanding of who this generation is. You know, it's a generation of people as employees Employees, just to take the entitlement issue for an example, uh, it's a generation of employees who've come into the workforce who want to do more than simply have you know a nine to five kind of job. They want to go out and have impact. They want to create things. They want to build things. So you've got lots of young people sitting in offices uh, doing their doing their work, saying, "I want to do more than this, right? I want to aspire to more than this." I think that's a good thing. Some people perceive that as a sense of entitlement, but shouldn't we want people to aspire to do more, uh, to have bigger roles, to to do those? kind of things. Over half of, of uh, American millennials say that someday they'd like to start their own business. That doesn't mean they're going to do it, but I think if people have that goal in mind, it leads to a happier, more productive society. So I think that when employers look at that and look at these things, it's, it's a real misunderstanding of, of what the generation is. And, and really, people should be looking at how do we harness the talent of this generation? How do we, as opposed to you know just, just ragging on them, which doesn't really get, get any benefit, um, our values are our values. So they're not really going to change. And I think people would be better for people to have a conversation about how they can get the most out of working with people in this generation. You listed a whole bunch of reasons why you feel millennials are special. But Mm. isn't 
every generation that comes along unique and special. And it, to me, it seems hard to substantiate a claim that these people are exceptional in some way. Well, you know, I think that it, it's really not about the generation. It's about the time that we're living in. I mean, every generation is a product of the times that they're living in. And it just so happens that millennials have come of age uh, in the time period where our, we've had this big shift in our society, where we've gone from, you know, into this sort of digital era, uh, where not it's not just about the technology, but what the technology does to our society, how quickly it makes things move, how quickly it make thing, makes things change. So when you have a world in which, you know, it's important for people to constantly be evolving, constantly be adapting, that's something that's really hard for older people to do, uh, especially when they've been doing something the same way for a long period of time. So millennials have a really really unique and special role to play because they understand that better than anyone else. And they can be the people who can actually help uh, adapt things and evolve things and new businesses and new models. And I think that that's, that's, that's one of the things that's really unique. I mean, when you have a group of people who understand the rules of the game better than anyone else, it really puts them in a unique position. I'm Eric Smith reporting for ICRT. Thanks for tuning into Taiwan Talk and a special thank you to the Longing Thai Cultural Foundation, as well as the American Institute in Taiwan for helping organize this interview. This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. I'm Eric Smith and welcome to Taiwan Talk. David Burstein is a 24-year-old author and speaker who, in his own words, tries to explain young people to old people. Mr. Burstein's field of particular interest is millennials, the huge number of people who came of age around the turn of the millennium. The Longing Thai Cultural Foundation, in collaboration with the American Institute in Taiwan, recently organized a trip to Taiwan, during which David Burstyn gave a lecture and spoke with local youth civic groups. He was also kind enough to give ICRT a moment to chat about millennials, which, Mr. Burstein says, is the largest generation population-wise of any in history. I tried to challenge Mr. Burstyn's assertions that this up-and-coming generation is especially special, but his arguments left me mostly agreeing with him. I'm still going to have to be devil's advocate here a little bit, and the only tangible thing that I can think of off the top of my head that millennials have accomplished is Facebook. Well, it's not just Facebook. I mean, I, I think that's one one example just on the business side of a number of incredible companies that young people have created that have helped, you know, bring about all sorts of social change, all sorts of openness, all sorts of new new ideas. I mean, Facebook is one, Twitter is another example, Tumblr is another example. I mean, all of the social networks that are uh, that are being so effective and so so important to how we're all living our lives, how businesses do their business, how politicians and Act, how governments operate. Uh, we're all created by people in this generation. Young people in the United States played a key role in, in electing Barack Obama, President of the United States. Young people in the Middle East played a key role in uh, in helping to you know overthrow dictators and bring about a new a new political reality. And here in Taiwan, uh, you know the, the the white shirt movement is a good example of how young people have have taken their own you know, destiny into their own hands and tried to actually activate on something and, and accomplish something. So I, I think that you know when you look at this generation, most of us are not yet 30. So I don't, you know, I'm not making the claim that, you know, we've made all these Change incredible the accomplishments, but I, exactly. But I think that over time, the attitudes and the values of this generation, as a generation that believes firmly in inclusivity, right? You look at the way that same-sex marriage here in Taiwan and all over the world has changed. That's in large part, almost exclusively because of people in this generation, how this, the changing views of people in this generation, but how that's had an impact. The millennials sort of inherited a set of ideas deals and uh, even attitudes towards gay marriage or these liberal positions, not so much on their own, but they 
from from the generation just before them. Well, you know, it's 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 a uh, it's it's not that simple. I don't think. I mean, I think that there's a choice. You know, people who have come before us created a world in which those views were possible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we're the people who are actually advocating for them. So, although older people may have created, you know, more a culture that's more embracing of, of, of same-sex marriage and things like that, millennials are in more in higher support of, of legalization of same-sex marriage than sure. any other age demographic. And I think that that that's that's at the end of the day, that's the goal, right? The goal is to have a group of people who actually are trying to push for. Uh, a certain set of values, a certain set of policies. When I look at a movement like Occupy Wall Street, mm-hmm. which, you know, if personally, me as an individual, I support a lot of the ideas that they mm-hmm. were uh, putting out there. And But it seemed to me that it devolved into basically nothing more than just a drum circle. How do we congeal these people? How do we get them to actually act within the system in a way to to, to affect change and not just make noise. I think it's important to note that Occupy Wall Street, while portrayed as a movement of young people, um, they, they actually did a demographic analysis of who was actually participating in the protests, um, and it suggested that, that less than a third of the people were under the age of 30. Um, so it was actually not dominated, and in fact, the movement was started by uh, a, a, a former advertising executive who was in his late 60s. Um, so it's not really uh, from, from, although there were many young people who supported the values of it. It wasn't a mainstream young movement. I think but I think to your question about thinking about, you know, how do we channel channel into institutions, millennials are actually looking very much at what I call pragmatic idealism. The idea that, you know, you can't uh, you can't push change by just saying, you know, I'm going to fight the system, you know, everybody would just agree with me because I have the right idea. It's really the sense of I'm going to create businesses, I'm going to create organizations that work with the system, outside of the system, inside the system at the same time. And if you want to change the world, you have to have a plan. You can't sort of just say, well, you know, I hope that everybody will agree with me because and I'm you can't just right. march on the street as well. Right. And, and in fact, you've actually seen in this generation a turn away from people protesting. This is one of the criticisms people sometimes level against this generation that, well, they're not out in the streets and not protesting. But if you look at the reality of our world today, in most cases for pushing most you know, social um, change, it's not actually that effective to get out in the streets and protest because people have built up ways of guarding against that, of, you know, it doesn't really matter, particularly in the United States for our, you know, in our elections, you know, if you get a million people out in the streets, it doesn't necessarily mean that anything's, anything's going to change. So I think that, you know, people are looking at ways, you know, when you look at an issue like, you know, green energy or how we create a more, you know, sustainable environment, young people are saying, well, I could go down to Congress and I could, you know, say we want this bill passed or I could go start a company that's developing new solutions. So you're seeing a lot of young people who are going and saying, I want to be part of solving the problem that I'm actually fighting for, as opposed to just saying, well, we need to take action. We need to take action. I could be at that for 20 years. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Eric Smith reporting for Taiwan Talk.